Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Good morning, Missio. My name is Christy Nellermo. I've um, been at Missio for about six years now, an advisor to the leadership team, and in lieu of a sermon, I'm uh, going to be running a panel for you today uh, with these lovely folks. Um, and as I, I start this panel, it's going to be surrounded with uh, thoughts and creativity around rhythms and practices of curating worshipful spaces in house churches. Um, and I don't know how many in this room have been attending a house church during this these very unprecedented times, um, how we create community when we have to have social distancing. But uh, I, I want to uh, just introduce the folks in this panel who will kind of hopefully suggest some creative ways they've been doing this in their house churches, um, and also um, at the end even leave this for the audience if there's someone in the audience who feels so led to kind of bring up some things that have been working in their house church or just in their lives um, that have been uh, despite circumstances, have created really beautiful spaces to know each other, know Jesus, and um, worship God. Before I start, let me um, open up with prayer. Uh, Holy Spirit, uh, we pray that you enter this room and this space. You um, open our minds and our hearts to learn, um, learn from the folks on the stage, to learn from each other of how, um, despite all circumstances, that you're still working in this world, in this city, through this church, um, and just a reminder of our dependence on you, um, and in our dependence of, of in each other, and how uh, you create community to show yourself and show your love. So be with this this time, um, and we just excited to see what comes from it. In your name, I pray. Amen. All right, let's start with Buzz. Maybe each of you can introduce yourself and uh, just the house church you're part of, and just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Buzz. Um, I am part of the South, used to be South Salt Lake House Church, uh, currently meeting at Missio. Um, I work in software. I'm in school. I'm a relatively boring human being. I like to stay inside and read books and occasionally venture outside. Um, that's all. Awesome. Thanks, Buzz. Um, and then Josh and Abby, do you guys want to go next? Sure. Uh, my name's Abby, and this is... Uh, I'm Josh. <laughs> um, we're uh, the leaders of the Murray House Church. Um, we actually just moved to uh, Sugar House, but we're still going to meet in Murray. So, What's and, uh, A couple other things about our house church that was unique is that we started our house church in the pandemic, so we've known nothing but two socially uh, distant practices. More power to you. That's pretty awesome. Um, Susanna? My name is Susanna. Um, 
I lead the currently named Sugar House House Church, <laughs> although we meet virtually and at Missio. Um, I've been at Missio for eight and a half years, so this is my third house church I've been a part of. Um, I'm also a nurse at Primary Children's, and and then um, I've been co-leading the Central City House Church that's had about four iterations of different locations. And we kind of meet virtually in the winter and then in person in the summer, social distanced. All right, let's start with the first question. I'm going to shoot it back to Susanna um, to start. And then each of you can kind of jump in um, following. Uh, what role has House Church played in your life or in general during this COVID-19? So I'd say for me, house church has always felt like a place of consistency um, over the years just to have a place where it's like every week I make that part of my routine and my schedule that I can depend on and people that I get to be connected with. And so throughout COVID, when that was even harder, it's just felt like a tethering where it feels like there's this thing that I come back to no matter how weird the world is, no matter how many other changes. Um, I know that this group of people want to be together and we will find a way and it may be not the most ideal. It may not be the most comfortable. Our eyes hurt from staring at the screen so long sometimes, but there's just this constant desire to be a family together. And so in the midst of COVID-19, being something where you expect change, even though we don't like it, or you know that something unpredictable is gonna be happening and you feel disconnected, I feel like House Church has been a place to continuously come back to. That's made me feel um, reminded of who God is because of these people living life faithfully alongside me and doing their jobs and doing their lives and knowing that on the other side we're still in it together and um, I think that that reminder that has been spoken over me of like no matter what happens this year we're gonna get to the other side and we'll still be friends like that's been like said in our house church and I've just been really grateful for that. Um, I would echo a lot of those same things. Um, I was pretty nervous to, to start a house church in the midst of a pandemic, you know, not really knowing. Literally, we were like, okay, we'll start this. I don't know what this is going to look like in the fall, winter, whatever. Um, but it's actually been a source of consistent joy, and our, our group has really kind of bonded together. And um, it's been, like you said, just a, a consistent source of, of joy um, throughout the pandemic. And um, one thing we have talked about in our house church is just like, God's people spend most of their time in the Bible waiting. And so, um, you know, we're not alone in that, like that this is, this is part of our walk in faith, um, especially in the winter as we've been meeting virtually. And, you know, we do hope to meet again in person once the weather gets warmer. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, our social life has really taken a beating during this year. And so it's been nice to have a group that's like every week we can rely on, on having some connection outside of ourselves. So. Um, yeah, I think going off of a lot, a lot of what these guys have said too, like I think House Church has been one of the only places that I've consistently spent time with people through the pandemic, and that's been so good. Like I think I was talking with my previous roommate um, about how like I think without House Church probably would have had like some sort of mental breakdown and like oh this is this is not a happy time. But um, I also was thinking just about like what role should House Church play like not not in COVID. I'm known to read part of Ephesians, and it says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until you attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, 
to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined together and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body uh, grow so that it builds itself up in love. And I was just thinking about, like, I think that's been so true of our house church, which is, like, I, I love the concept of, like, God speaks to us by, like, we speak the truth to each other. And it's, like, house church has been a source of that, where it's, like, it feels so simple, where it's, like, oh, I literally God is in the presence of my words, where it's, like, I'm telling you what I think is true in, like, faith that God will use that. And then that's how we let grow. So I feel like in my own experience, like, house church has really challenged me in a lot of ways and grown me and, like, by people speaking truth. And so, like, I think that has also been such a big source of, like, and how do you, like, keep yourself stable? It's, like, it's truth and it's Jesus and it's people speaking that to you and you don't remember that or you don't see that. So I think that's probably been the biggest source of, like, hearing who Jesus is on a regular basis has been so helpful. I'm super encouraged by that, Buzz. I feel... I, I want that, but I feel like house church for me in the beginning was kind of just, hi, there's other people in the world. We're all in our house. We don't know what's happening. Let's Zoom together. And then it started, you know, extending into the summer, like, let's try to hang out. But then when you're hanging out, it's just not the same, and you have to kind of figure it out again. And so I feel like it's just been this uh, really good, oh, really hard. Is it ever going to be the same cycle for us? And not that we weren't speaking truth to each other, but I... I I feel like for me, it's just kind of had um, the waves of COVID. It's kind of mirrored that even in my own um, desire for community and desire to serve alongside people I've done a lot of life with. And then not knowing how to do life in this new context, it's been a lot of working that out. Um, and then some also really cool moments that I'll bring up when we get to that question. But just to kind of put the other spin on it, I, I think I don't know if I was able to hear truth in the beginning fully because I was really disoriented. And I think that's kind of the role of the church is in like this Ecclesiastes time, ecclesiastical time we're, we're in right now um, to just stay the course even in disorientation and continue to meet. And that's kind of the way we kept going during this year, despite that feeling. Um, to build off of that, my next question is kind of in a creative wing. What kind of creative ways have you tried to meet or stay apart um, uh, say a part of each other's lives during COVID, COVID. So like just some of the creative measures you took and maybe we can start uh, with Josh on the end. Sure. Um, so Abby and I have always been big walkers, <laughs> hiking anywhere. And so a critical piece of us meeting together in person and through this season too is taking walks uh, because one, we all need to get out of the house at least a little bit, some part of the day. Uh, and to do it with our, our house church, to be able to have those same conversations that we would have, but feel uh, both safe and also exercising <laughs> is, is very much a critical part of how we've been able to continue to uh, stay together but apart uh, in person. A couple other things that I would say to the walks have been a big part. Um, one kind of fun thing that we did around the holidays was we did a food swap. So, you know, it's in place of actually breaking bread with each other, we like left a little Tupperware of some, you know, Thanksgiving sides and then they left a Tupperware of cookie and, and like 
actually with one of our house church members, Julie, we like just kept it going because we needed to bring the pan back. So we brought some cookies with it and then she brought it back and we had some bread, you know. So it was kind of a fun way to like be connected while still being apart from each other. Um, and then one last thing, um, we haven't done this a lot, but one time we did do um, virtual game night. I don't know if you guys have ever used Jackbox games, but those are really fun. Um, it's You wouldn't think playing games virtually sounds all that fun, but it actually has been really a lot of fun. So that's a few ways to stay connected. We've totally been doing Jackbox and Among Us as some options, <laughs> just if you want to get those um, so our favorite new way to be connected, we actually stole from Buzz's house church, yeah. um, was doing prayer buddies and to have a way to stay connected, not on just a Wednesday night when my group meets. And, and that's been really, really meaningful as a way to show some intentionality of what you share on a Wednesday night doesn't just get lost, especially when most people aren't here on a Sunday as well. And so that's been really fun because my house church has pretty significant differences in our comfort levels with COVID. And so allowing people to be buddied off and kind of make their own decisions in between each pair has created a lot more freedom for connection. Um, and a lot of just that consistency of getting to know people on a deeper level when it's just one person. Because especially with Zoom, it's really hard to have like any side conversation or like me and you are talking. It's like everybody's talking, everyone's listening and yeah, so that's been really, really sweet. Um, we definitely do a lot of Jackbox and Among Us. Um, and then kind of like the passage that Rhea read this morning of Acts 2.42, um, the things that community is built on, the breaking of bread and a prayer, and um, we can't break bread together very well right now, but we've spent a lot more time in prayer on our house church calls, um, spending time praying for our country this year especially, and um, and then doing the text dwelling or Lectio Divina. So really spending time on the one thing that we can have in common no matter what, no matter where we are, no matter when you can study the word, you can read it together and process it knowing that it speaks to our lives, that that's the truth that we need. Um, and that really helps when people, again, have the inconsistencies of the rest of their week. Sundays become a lot harder. And to then have house church be something that we can still have that connection and study the passages together has been really good. It's encouraging. Um, something we started this fall after parks in the summer is we started something we called practices where we would take eight weeks and then four weeks off, eight weeks, four weeks off, and in those eight weeks just focus on something together and, and kind of learn a practice together that led us closer to Jesus and closer to each other. Um, and I have a front yard. I live downtown. I don't have a backyard, but in our front yard, we got a fire pit, and we, at 7 o'clock, invited everyone over to our house, and we kind of sat six feet apart around the fire, which got cold as we got into November, I'm not going to lie, um, and had to move a few of our last practices online. But it was a really special time to share stories, and our practice was called Paper People, and we cut out those little, like, paper chains of people holding hands, um, and you had up to five people to choose from in your life that had just changed your life. It could have been from a moment you met them in an airport or somebody who's been in your life since you were a child, just choosing up to five people that have helped shape your walk with God or had changed your life for the better or, or the worse that you just wanted to represent and talk about, and we just shared stories. And so everyone had um, a night that was theirs in those eight weeks, and they 
my husband set up a mic and he made little podcasts out of them, like little vignettes so that other folks who weren't able to come could listen to the stories. And we just shared about the people who have changed us. And it was this really, really fun exercise because I feel so disconnected from people. A lot of, I'm from California. I've spent a lot of my time abroad. And so I just feel like I haven't seen the people in my life that remind me of, of different seasons and remind me of God's goodness. And so it was really fun to remember those people. And one of them was someone I sat next to on an airline that I never saw again. Another one was a close, close friend. And, and being able to just tell the story and just share stories around a fire. And it was just such a kind of simple way to feel connected in this really warm, kind of cozy way. Um, we did that for eight weeks, and, our, and the stories were really beautiful. And I still think about a lot of the stories that were shared um, and the people that I was able to reflect and share about. And so that's kind of a, a fun rhythm we've tried to, to create where, all right, no one, no one knows what the future holds. So can you commit to eight weeks and then maybe four weeks of just playing Among Us or Zooming or going to the park or playing Frisbee or whatever you can do, social distance. Um, but in those eight weeks to really focus on something. Um, so that's something we've tried to do. We've only done one practice, so we're hoping to start another one in March. Um, and might focus it around Lent um, and some of the things that are coming around this season. Um, but, it, yeah, if anybody wants to listen to those podcasts, I think I, we can uh, send them out. Um, but it's just a fun way to, to hear each other's stories and, and feel connected to people you're not with for that, for that creative approach. Um, but, Baz, I want to give you time to share, too. I feel like it's been a, like throwing spaghetti at the wall and like seeing what sticks. Or <laughs> it's like, hey, we'll try something this week, and then in a couple weeks it's something different. Um, the ones that have stuck have been uh, prayer partners, where it's like we have people assigned to pray for each other, and like they can te they text each other throughout the week or something like that. Um, really, again, like knowing that somebody's actually praying for the thing that you're struggling with or whatever you need. You know, um, I think that that one has stuck. We had recently started going through John, and just we read through the whole book of John in two weeks, and it was like, I think the just being in the Word together and like knowing, like I think the cent, like the centralizing piece of like knowing what is true has been in my estimate like so good. Um, and then beyond that, it's like just trying little things. Like we have we've Zoom like had house church separate, where it's like people meet online and then people meet in person, and then recently like we have somebody in our house church who's awesome with like tech stuff and so he has set it up so that we can meet all together and like trying to see how that works so I feel like it's kind of a constant experiment of mm -hmm. throwing spaghetti at a wall and it's like looking forward to spring when the weather is warmer and it's like go meet outside or like have somebody has a backyard like those kind of things so um, I think it's kind of a constant development the ones that have stuck have been the prayer partners and then when we meet each week it's like reading God's word together has been one, another one that's stuck that's been really good. I love that. Um, just one more creative thing I've been trying to get folks to do with me, but I can't get them. So if somebody wants to try this at their house church, was night games. Like, because you could be socially distant and, like, just play a giant game of night games. Um, like, capture the flag or something across a park or across a neighborhood. And I was like, oh, this is, like, youth group days. But, man, would that be fun. And just to laugh and uh, be outside. And so that's another one I've been trying to get folks at my house church to be into. It's not worked yet, so if any of you are interested, please find me after the service. Um, I know that's maybe not the spiritual realm, but it's, it was definitely a place that I was like, oh, I it's could really a good way to a get good. into the community, you know, make Let's our do a missio night yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was just trying to think creatively back to, to youth group days. Um, but uh, kind of to take another uh, spin on this, 
Uh, are there stories that you have over the last year? I know there's been lots of things that happened. People have gotten married despite the pandemic. There's been babies born. Um, people have finished degrees or gotten new jobs, uh, uh, things that have been joyful, things that have been hard. Um, how have you as house church leaders created spaces for celebration? Um, and then kind of just talking through those, uh, that makes sense with this context. Um, that's a great question. I, our house church tends to be really into food, starting with me. I, <laughs> so we'll eat a lot of things and like just, I think a lot of that comes out in just natural conversation with talking and it's like, praying for each other and, like, having a time of celebrating that, where it's like, oh, praise God for, like, this cool thing that happened. Um, I was also thinking about this question, and it's like, I, I'm probably missing something, but it doesn't feel like there's been any huge, like, explosion. Of, like, this has been so crazy and big and huge. And I was talking to somebody from, he's in our house search last night, and it's like, we were talking about Elijah and how he, he goes to the mountain, and he's like, just kind of hiding in the cave and he's waiting for God to speak. And it's like, are these big things come? It's like, there's some fire and there's some wind and there's some, something else. It's like, God wasn't in any of those. And it was like, it's in the small voice of like the speaking, the whispering, or it's like, it's almost like, oh, you have to really listen to hear it. And it's like, God is speaking. And it feels like it's just been a slow, like bonding of friends and like community. And yeah, so I think over time it's been way more about like, we have, I think we've grown as friends and like grown in, willingness to speak truth and, like, encouragement or comfort or, like, whatever somebody's going through, like, growing in that. I think that's kind of been the story of, like, our house church, like, I'm sure that there's, there are some things that I'm missing where it's, like, oh, this is a big thing, but I feel like the predominant theme has been so much of, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're growing as friends and it's becoming, like, even sweeter, I think, as time goes on, where it's, like, oh, Monday nights, really, I really look forward to them because it's, like, oh, we get to spend time together and it's been so good. So I think that's, as I was thinking about that question, that was the thing that came to mind, like, hasn't been anything big. But it's just kind of been like a slow building of goodness. Thanks, guys. Um, I think as far as celebrating, we've really just focused on celebrating well. And um, as a house church, we've had um, someone move away um, and someone get engaged in the last few months while we've been in the pandemic during more like high case numbers. So we've been on Zoom and so we had food dropped off to everybody and we then Zoomed and we had party hats delivered and um, just made our Zoom times just really sweet. And so um, having things where we can all be sharing the same drink of something and celebrating in that way together, sharing something and it's just a really big deal that life is meant to be celebrated. I think we've kind of seen a little bit of that in Ecclesiastes where there's things that disappear. These things that don't stay, these things that are vapors in the wind, and God has given us a life to enjoy, to live for him, to live, to honor him, to obey him, to um, pursue living the gospel out, but there's also things that we just get to enjoy, that he's made a good earth, and there's beautiful things, and the life that he's meant us to live has celebrations in it, has losses in it, has goodbyes, and and those are things that we're meant to feel. Like God also gave us emotions and we're meant to feel those things. And so to find ways to honor and placehold emotions that we share has been really, really special. Uh, so we have a practice that we do uh, when we start house church every week of um, just going around the circle and each person uh, sharing one high and one low that they have each week. And so we may not have a big celebratory thing, but we get to share with one another 
Um, one joy that we had throughout the week, however insignificant or large it may be, we've had people finish out the semester, um, finish up work projects, but all in all, it just leads to these moments where we can thank God and bring up things that we need prayer for and just also thanking God and being grateful for that little bit of joy that we're able to share with one another each week. So, um, yeah, I feel like that's been a really special moment that we've carried and practiced. Yeah, I found myself, like, on a Tuesday before we meet on Wednesday, I'm like, what is my high going to be that I'll say this week? And what is my low? You know, it's, and it's kind of a nice space to, like, feel like you're seen by people, um, you know, that there's people who care about you and want to know what's going on with you. Um, one other thing I'll say, too, and this is not exactly groundbreaking, but we do have a very active group text ch um, chain going. <laughs> um, so it's a pretty rare week that we are not, like, checking in at some point, you know, in between our weekly meetings. So it's kind of nice to have, like, a group that you can go to be like, oh, I just had a really rough day. Can you guys pray for this? Or, like, oh, this amazing thing happened. Let's, you know, want to share that with someone. And also, um, it was the uh, new lunar year. And so... Uh, a couple of the people in our group text thread um, said Happy New Year in their respective languages. So that was cool, too. Um, one thing that comes to mind is last summer we had um, an individual in our group graduate from a program that was really hard, and we celebrated by playing Koob. I don't know if any of you have played Koob in the yard and um, kind of just prayed over him, and, and we're just celebrating all the work. and reminding him that he has a community to, to keep him going past that graduation and into um, his next chapter. And that was, that was something that I remember being really impactful. We all wish we could have gone to the graduation and, and um, been there in person, but having that follow-up event was, um, I think, very special for this person. And so that's the one that comes to mind for me. Um, also, we, during holidays, uh, kind of creating safe spaces in my front yard for different holidays for folks, um, and then making sourdough bread deliveries to friends was uh, just a way to, to remind groups and people in our house church that we're thinking about them, um, and then creating spaces to be together for holidays that were safe. Um, but I don't know, uh, Buzz, I feel like it's a lot of throwing spaghetti to the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, I think everyone needs something different in a celebration, a celebratory time. And so it comes back to knowing each other and, and being in that ongoing relationship um, so that you can kind of step into that moment in, in a unique way for whatever that person needs. Um, so this is, this is my last question. And then I do want to see if anyone in the audience wants to give any ideas that we can kind of just add to this, this pool. Um, and this last question is, is more of like techniques so if anyone on the stage has techniques that they've used or uh, methods they've used to kind of break through some of the Zoom fatigue or trying to, to create a engagement, sorry about that, engagement of folks um, despite having to change different strategies all the time to make it work. And then the other side of that is if there's been ways you've been able to curate worshipful spaces outside of house church. And what does that look like? And um, I know that's just true of all of us right now. Maybe house church isn't where you're creating your community and that engagement with each other. Um, but I know that's it's, it's still happening, and that's the goal. So techniques and ways you've curated worshipful spaces outside of the house church model. And anyone who wants to go. I'll 
Okay, so I don't, I will say, I, I don't know if this was specific to our house church or if it was more widespread than this, but it was like, Zoom is hard. And it's like, felt like um, one of the guys in our house church, she had said this, and I think it added, like summarized it really well. It's like, basically what you get from Zoom is you remember what you missed. <laughs> it's like, oh, we, in person, it's like there's so much that's communicated that isn't in Zoom. Um, that said, it's also important, especially if it's like, oh, people need to meet in Zoom or they can't be there or whatever. Um, I, we've tried two different things, and it seems like these have had some success in, in different ways, but one of them is meetings in Zoom separate, separately. I think that, like, having a... I think when you meet in Zoom, it's really important to have a format where it's like, oh, here are some questions, and then there's a way to, like, communicate because so much is nonverbal when you're in person where it's like, oh, you, can, you make a little sound so people know you want to talk, right? Um, so I think a lot of it is, like, having... And I think this is, we're going through John, and so reading through like a chapter and then asking questions about that, that's been super helpful. Um, to have something where it's like, it's not, you can come back to a piece of text if you, if the Zoom meeting is a little weird, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's been really helpful. Uh, meeting in person, we've kind of resorted to like, or we've tried to combine them, and we have a little bit of a system of like a hand raising thing, where like if you're on Zoom and you raise your hand, well now you wanna talk. Then we kind of have a moderator to be like, hey, this person is raising their hand. Um, that's had some success. Um, but again, it's back to the like, just kind of seeing what works. Those have been a couple of things that have worked for us. Thanks. Yeah, same kind of idea. Um, like as house church leaders, it is helpful. You know, the Zoom can be awkward and like you don't hear, like you just, you miss that in-person thing where like, oh, it looks like that person's about to say something, so let me wait. Um, so just like watching and kind of moderating and seeing like, oh, I see someone unmuted themselves, but then they didn't say anything. So let me call on that person's name and make sure they have a space to say what they were going to say and like simple things like that. Or if someone, you know, just has been quiet, making sure that we not call them out so that they have to speak, but just give them the space in case they like didn't feel like they could talk over someone or something like that. Yeah, I guess, I mean, we tried a lot of bonfires for sure over the colder months and a lot of times at parks. And I think it was just, we've had a lot of conversations as a house church of like what works, what makes people feel more sad. You know, sometimes people leave Zoom and are like more sad than if we hadn't met. And like, it's real. Like there's sadness. We've experienced a lot of loss this year. And so I think finding ways to ask people questions to get their ideas of like, some people are like, the value to me is getting to see your face. I don't wanna be in person if I don't get to see your face. Like, so I wanna see you on Zoom or I wanna, you know, and so finding ways to honor that part of what is it that each of us craves when it comes to human connection and is it the depth of conversation? Is it that I get to see your facial expressions? Is it that I get to feel physically near to you with six feet or some other ventilation, something. Um, but then just asking those questions because I think people have great ideas and they know what they need, you know, or, or we need to create the space to reflect together what do we need and what's hurting us or helping us. And, and so we've done a lot of our groups um, in the fall. We did only three people per group just to like really create the safety of you're only around two other people and, you know, if that's going to make you feel safe, then you're still getting that connection. And so we've just adapted and tried a lot of in the season that we're in now and what is it that makes you feel connected and seen and um, yeah, a lot of outside time. I really like how you said finding out what people need 
and that they already know what they need. I think that's a really healthy way to go about even doing my own self-reflection, like what do I need, and communicating that to the group. I, I think that's a really uh, healthy way to go about this time because I, I think all the house church leaders, I, don't, I can't speak for everyone, but I, I know we're all trying to create spaces for connection. And so if you're in a house church and not a leader, to, to feel safety into coming up and saying what you need so that we can create those spaces of connection if it looks different than what's currently happening. I really like that, Susan. Um, uh, I'm going to answer the second part of the question, curating a space outside of her house church. Um, my, my husband and I built a little library for the front of our house, and that sounds like, oh, that's not community, but we've built it and been storing food in it and water and just different things, like Valentine's Day cards. Um, and we started this back in March, um, and then some weeks we'd forget about it, and, and oh, yeah, we need to fill the box up for people walking by or for our street and our neighborhood. Um, but then other houses on the block have kind of taken on that responsibility themselves and different folks go to Walmart and fill it up with water or hot chocolate or different things and now we barely even have to touch it because there's always books or things for our community in there um, and it feels like it's curated a worshipful space in our street um, with folks that we didn't really see before and I live right near the university so it's a lot of transient folks that are kind of coming for school leaving and um, and it's created a neighborhood um, which I don't know if I had a neighborhood before the pandemic. Um, and to think of my, my church as a place where I have relationships and community, but then kind of renewal of all things into my neighborhood. And I'm using this box as a place for the whole community to own the needs of our street and the folks that pass through our street. Um, and that's been probably the highlight of, of my year, is this little box that has books and things in it and just watching what, what shows up in there every day. Um, just like to think creatively of how you can be God's hands and feet in your neighborhood, um, which is still possible, even if you can't bring people over and make them a meal. Um, smiles, creating spaces for meeting needs is how we've tried it, and it's been really inspiring. Um, from, I'm inspired by my neighborhood, <laughs> how they've owned it. Um, so with that, uh, I don't know if there's anyone in the audience that wants to give ideas or creative approaches to this. I'm just going to give us a moment. If no one raises their hand or says anything, no problem. It's very not Missio-esque, but Johnny's not here, so I'm going to try it. <laughs> Kids are partying while the parents are yeah. away. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny and Heather, if you watch this tomorrow. Um, but just a space. Does anybody want to throw out ideas or... Um, Yes, in the back. Um, my name is David. And Hi, David. Our church, the holidays are really hard for me. Um, my mother died on Christmas Eve, mm. and I'm leaving today to go to New York. Um, my father passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, but I've had people here reach out to me, and it really meant a lot because yeah. um, the two people that prayed with me uh, actually saved my life. Yeah. Oh, David. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that.
started something. I'm actually on day 34. I've started a no complaint challenge. And I, I really recommend it. <laughs> awesome. It's, you can't complain for 21 days. Wow. I love that. Um, if you do, you got to start all over again. <laughs> Oh, thank you, David. Those are great suggestions. Um, and thank you for being so vulnerable with this room. Um, you made a great point. If you're not connected to a house church, um, come see our welcome table in the back. Or I think, Jonathan, are you the welcome yes. welcome person today? Um, uh, definitely can connect you with contacts for different house churches that are meeting in person, socially distanced, or via Zoom. And there's a variety of options and communities throughout the, the city. Um, David, I love that not complaining for 21 days, and three things you're thankful for each day. Um, and yeah, we just appreciate that, that uh, contribution. Great. Well, uh, thank you, panelists, and thank you all for letting us step in um, instead of the sermon today. Uh, I'm just going to close this in prayer, and then we'll, we'll continue our time of worship. Uh, Jesus, thank you for, for creating um, your presence and spaces that uh, are... are are not always our, our ideal, but that you're there and that we would have eyes and ears to see what you're doing. Um, thank you for house church leaders that have been dedicated to, to creating those spaces with you and, um, and just part of this community and, and showing leadership and um, just pray a blessing on them right now. And uh, thank you for David. Thank you for his inspiration. Uh, may we just have grateful hearts um, and able to see what you're doing every day anew. We pray this in your name. Amen. <laughs>